Welcome to the Why on Earth Community <laughs> Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron William Perry, and today we have the very special opportunity to visit with my new friend, Sarah. Hello, Hello Sarah, how are you? Hello, Aaron. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's so great to visit with you. And we're gathered right now in person here at the Lisiel Foundation's 2023 Holistic Visions Training Symposium, bringing an amazing array of leaders and change makers from around the world together to co-create and collaborate. And Sarah, you are here, traveled so far from Uganda where you're doing incredible work with your organization, Mantle of Hope. And I know that you've got a flight to catch and yeah. a big day of travel ahead <laughs> exactly. of you, a day and a night. And, and so we're only gonna record this little introduction together while we're in person, and then we'll record the rest using Zoom and technology and so forth. Yeah. But I'm so happy we could visit together in person and, and just share with our audience a bit about the amazing work you're doing at, at Mantle of Hope. And um, so I come from Uganda and again, uh, thank you so much, Aaron. Uh, my name is Sarah Arao. I work with Mantle of Hope Ministries or Mantle of Hope alone. And uh, we do um, menstrual hygiene with um, uh, vulnerable girls in communities uh, where we do education and then we distribute sanitary cards. We also work with uh, survivors of human traffic and giving them a hope and a chance to live again a decent life. So we do a number of things with them. We do counseling with them, but also we give the skills training. Uh, we have an amazing sewing class, which is giving these ladies a very good hope in life and to start life again. Yeah. And you were also sharing with me yesterday mm -hmm. that you've planted already so many oh, trees yeah. and there's there's this other um, aspect to your work oh, yeah. with uh, trees in the environment. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. besides that uh, we have the Green Club in schools and uh, in the Green Club we are trying to nurture young people who will appreciate nature and who will plant lots of trees and the young people make a commitment that every year they are planting at least 10 trees. So we are envisioning a world where the, the nature is well uh, embraced and well protected. And besides, I do planting of trees myself. And each year I make a commitment to plant 300 trees. And so far I've planted 3,000 trees. And I'm hoping actually to go over 10,000 trees. And that is my commitment. Thank you, Sarah. It's such a joy. We have this opportunity to be together in person to make the connection in person and we'll follow up with more conversation um, to bring even more information to you, uh, our Why on Earth community audience, about the work Sarah's doing and also about how you can get involved and help out and learn more. Thank you so, Aaron, for having me. Unfortunately, I have to catch the, catch the flight yeah. and so I'm just uh, a bit... Um, are rushing so but we, as you said we shall have time to to talk and to see how how best you can get involved and any other person can get involved because this is a collective a collective work that we do we are a collective we look for collective well-being beautiful thank you my friend thank you so much Sarah, it is so great to reconnect with you. And of course, we recorded an introduction to this podcast episode when we were 
together in Barcelona for the Liciel Foundation 2023 Symposium. And uh, here we are with Zoom. You're back home in Uganda. And uh, such a joy to connect with you again. Thank you so much, Aaron. Um, being at the symposium and having the opportunity to record was such amazing thing. And I'm super excited for today. And um, we see what happens, but I'm so happy to be in this podcast. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really happy that we have the opportunity to dive a little more deeply into the work you're doing, which is, is really um, touching so many different uh, disciplines and arenas where you're having positive impact. And also when we recorded in Barcelona, it was our final day of the symposium and we had to catch flights. We didn't have the time to cover everything. And of course you had a, a, a big journey uh, the rest of that day and night and the next day, right? Can you just fill us in on um, what, what, what was it like to return from Barcelona to Uganda? Wow. Uh, first of all, going to Barcelona was um, one of the, the greatest opportunity of my lifetime. I'd never traveled outside Africa. Um, so it was such a big opportunity for me to go uh, meet several people with good hearts and good intentions, including meeting you. And then um, the time of Barcelona uh, at the symposium, it was so heartwarming the positive energies that everybody shared. And that I got a lot of those positive feedback from everybody and it was such amazing. Um, when I came back to Uganda, um, um, I had to tell a lot of stories. <laughs> everybody was asking me, how was it? How, how many people did you meet? How many Ugandans did you meet? And I was like, probably I was the only yeah, you know, only African around. And I told them I was, it was such an exciting, you know, a moment for me. I'm still, a lot of people, by the way, Aaron, are still asking me about, about my time at, at the symposium in Spain. So it was, it was such a great thing. And I had to go to, I had to go to German, which was really very cool for me. So uh, to Germany. Me. Yeah. I went to Germany because um, it is very hard, very difficult to get the visa, uh, the Euro European visa. So I couldn't get a direct visa to take me to Spain. Um, so it was only German which was available um, and German was able to give me the EU visa. So with the, with the Schengen visa, I could easily go to any EU countries which would include Spain. Yeah. So that's why that's why I had to go back to German. <laughs> oh wow. Okay, so okay, so you you flew from Barcelona back to Germany and then and then how how did the flights go to get back home? So it was like I can say it was it was hard the last day when I was to come back. When we met, and I, I remember when we did the recording and I was all rushing to the airport, um, I'd not checked on my phone, but my flight by the Brussels airline was canceled. So, oh I, so I reached German and I, I, I went to, to get the boarding pass. And it was at that moment, uh, the lady tells me, but your flight has been canceled. 
you're actually going tomorrow. So I ended up sleeping at the airport. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I had I had to I had to stay at the airport probably like about 16 hours or or 17 hours. So I slept over because when we when I, I left um the Barcelona airport and I went to Frankfurt, I, I reached Frankfurt at around I think maybe around eight in the evening. So I had to stay again up to the following day, like around up to around noon. <laughs> so I ended up spending lots of time here at, at Frankfurt. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. And then and but, then where but, but no, Aaron, it was it was good because yeah. I I met a lady who was all in tears. Okay, I was in my own confusion, then I get this lady who was all in tears. And so I start talking to her at the airport. So I ask her what, what was wrong? Why was she in tears? And then she she tells me she was she was running away from her husband and oh. she was going to she told me she was going to another country. And I asked her why she was running away, and she's like, the husband is abusive. Mm. And she has been wanting to run away um, uh, some months and she couldn't. And that day was the day and she was really crying because it was like, you know, her good chance of going home. So it gave me opportunity to talk to her <laughs> because as I told you last time, I work with women who have been traumatized, who have been abused. So I had to use my experience and I talked to her and she later on come down. So I, I really feel that my my sleeping at the airport at Frankfurt, it is like nature wanted it that way for me to talk to the lady. Mm. Beautiful. So, I, Beautiful. So, so it became a blessing to me in a way because I could make somebody, you know, put somebody in a stable mood. I'm sure you were able to help her considerably, especially given the the work that you're doing and i i know in our introduction you were able to give us an overview of of your work at mantle of hope um and i'm so excited that that we have the opportunity to dive more deeply into this together right now and you know you you are doing so much helping women and girls uh doing things for the environment doing things to uh empower people economically and also uh, working on a, a big recycling project related to the uh, the shoes, sandals, and and other products that you're making. And so, I'm I'm thrilled that we can take our time now uh, talking about each of the projects you're managing. And and I was hoping, um, if if it sounds good to you, that we could start by talking about the Missouri project on the the menstrual hygiene and health. And, and just explain to us a little more uh, detail around um, how you're working with the, the girls and the women to help them out. Yeah, so the, the Missouri project, it is for girls who are at risk of dropping out of school. And this, this project actually was started by my husband. My husband would buy sanitary towels and she, he would take it to schools. So, but as time went on, um, I pick up the idea and the concept of it all. So, um, so we have ten schools uh, with about um, 
with a, with about maybe 3000 to 4000 children and we we make sure that uh, we I, I make the sanitary pads myself and together with some other women that we support in our studio here i, I know i'm going to show us around yeah. So we 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 make these sanitary um sanitary towels because girls in a rural setting will not have access to sanitary pads and they would eventually drop out of school because during their men's menstrual days they will miss school. So if a girl misses a school like for one week in every month, it means that in the three months that they study they are missing like three weeks. And because they are missing like three weeks, it will be hard for them to compete with every other child who has been at school. So because of the poor performance, parents would not want to pay the school fees or even themselves, the girls, would feel ashamed and they would not want to continue. So in the area where we support uh, girls, especially with our uh, Zuri uh, project, this community is very poor, poverty-stricken. People don't value education in that community. And I, I must tell you, Aaron, that when I was growing up, I, I was almost like alone in groups of boys. I, I was alone during our national examination. The rest of my people, my, my fellow girls dropped out of school. So Missouri Project, actually, it helps girls to at least complete the lower level of primary education. That is our intention. We want to make sure that at least they can complete a primary level. We are sure that they might not go to high school, but at least if they can finish up that level, they can do a skill. And that is what we are also looking at. And that is the basis of why we, we are setting up these skills. Because a girl who could have dropped out of school, finishes a lower primary school, and then they can do a skill. With that skill, they can survive and they can protect their own families and maybe children. Yeah, so there's a certain degree of freedom, independence, and ability yeah. to avoid abusive and uh, uh, coercive and manipulative situations, yeah? Yeah, and, and also like the early child marriages, we, we, which is very rampant here. We yeah. have girls, girls as young as 15, as young as 14, they are being forced to marry because in my community, people pay dowry for marriage. Uh, they pay lots of cows, they pay lots of um, goods and money. So the family would wish to benefit on the girl. So, <laughs> and they don't want to wait longer. So a girl who is 14, 15 is getting married. Wow. Okay. Well, and, and the Hope Skilling Project um, that you're also offering these girls and women is is so beautiful. And I'm, I'm thrilled. We have, you mentioned in the uh, documentation you sent to me, the hairdressing, the shoemaking, and the sewing. And I'm thrilled that you're you're currently in the the production studio. Um, and I see behind you those beautiful sandals. And yeah, maybe maybe if you'd like, you could give us a little uh, tour and give us an idea of what yeah. it is you all are, are making together. 
Yeah, so in the Hope Studio, uh, we train here girls and young women, the women who have been formerly trafficked and who have been sexually abused. And we don't only train them, but we also offer them um, the mental health support through counseling, uh, through you know providing support to them in the best way possible we can. So women came in, come always in this studio and they, they have sessions of learning these uh, three skills, uh, shoemaking, the tailoring and hairdressing. And it is from there, we always give them up to like about seven months. In seven months, we feel like they, are, they have learned a skill and they're able to, to stand on their own and even with the counseling. So here in this department, these are some of the, the, the shoes that were made by the women these sandals and some of them when somebody comes and buy these these sandals we we buy other materials for them to train from so these sandals are handmade uh, they are handmade and it is women who make it themselves and then one woman one woman also come with a, a, another beautiful skill of recent and she started making like bracelet and this was what she made and she told me that she had learned this skill while um, some some years back, and then also in the tailoring department, uh, this this clothes. This is one of the samples of the clothes that these women make. Now, in every aspect, when they make something and somebody buys, we give uh, like for example the clothes. We give a percentage, a little percentage for that particular woman who has made that, but also we sell them so that it can help us in buying more machines. So this wow. beautiful this beautiful one, Sarah, the, this, which the, was made by, by some woman. Yeah, the, the color and, and quality of that is amazing. I mean, it is so beautiful. And the sandals also are so beautiful. And um, I just want to mention that while you're walking around, uh, mm -hmm. Don't cover the mic because at a moment there on the dress, we couldn't hear you quite as well. So okay. just be um, aware of the mic so that we can hear you. That is so beautiful. Okay. So there are these clothes, um, this, this, this many clothes. And we, wow. have, we, have, we have many of them. And then we have here the machines. These, these are kind of the sewing machines. And in here we have we have ten machines. We have ten sewing machines. And then here this is this is another department for for uh, for hairdressing. Yeah. And and these are these are these ones a little down here. These are dummies where they come and learn from. And then wow. this. This, this is like the hair dryer, the stand hair dryer. This is a little bit of the, the, the kind of hair they come and learn, learn with. So it is like their learning, um, learning, learning point. And then this is here is, is a big, it is a big mirror <laughs> where they see the work that they have done or the, the, the customers, if there are some clients that have come, they, they are able to see and view um the works whatever the, the girls have done absolutely beautiful 
So that this is how this this our place looks like. And then up there, up there, um, I don't know whether you're able to see, that is just our logo mantle of hope. That is where it is put. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And then here, here we have um we have a big table, but and with a lot of uh, with a lot of uh, papers. And then these papers, we are going to train some people on how to make paper bags and the gift bags. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that so basically that is how our place here look like. I have I have here a little ma machine. I don't know whether you'll be able to see, but this machine is, this machine here is for shaping the shoes. When they make it, they have to come and shape it and so that it looks well. Uh-huh. Yeah, so this is the little studio that we have here. How <laughs> wonderful. So when you guys are making the sandals and the clothing, where do you sell those? How do you sell those? Yeah, so um, we sell them around, the local people around. Um, the local people around come and see the works that the, the women are doing. That is with the clothes and that is with the shoes. Uh, but yeah, but with the sanitary pads, because each woman contributes to the making of the sanitary pads. And they make a commitment. <laughs> we have a little commitment that they have to give at least to about 50, 50 girls. So they have to make some reusable sanitary towels to at least that will benefit 50 girls. 50. So it gives, yeah, 50. So it gives them, so it gives them a sense of responsibilities, you know, and also it also gives them a sense of giving back to the community because we are, we, they don't pay anything here. So why not you give it also to another person? And Aaron, the reason why we are focusing on reusable sanitary towels, it is because it is driving us back to environment. That is the reason. When people donate to us the 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 these other throwaway towels, we don't we we always decline it because our intentions are environmental. And that is even what we tell women here, that that is our intentions. So we don't want, there, there are so many waste that goes into the environment, including the sanitary pads. And if pads are plastic, if pads are made of plastic, then it is still contributing to the environmental contamination and pollution. So that's why we encourage the women and also themselves, we encourage them to use the reusable ones. And also we encourage the girls to really use the reusable ones. Yeah. Well, I love how the Hope Skilling Project uh, also requires those women to give to at least 50 other girls in the community. There's such a beautiful reciprocity there, uh, such a beautiful energetic of as as you're helping these women to heal and develop skills, you're also, I imagine, helping them to feel really empowered as as they're helping many other girls in the community. 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and also we still tell them, even if they are to graduate from here and move on, we'll still tell them they need to continue to support other girls in their own communities. Mm. Yeah. Do you find there's a very strong sense of belonging and community among the girls and the women who have have gone through uh, the Hope Skilling Project and or who have uh, connected to any other of the projects that Mantle of Hope is is facilitating? Yeah, we, we feel a lot of strong connections. Yeah. And, and because also when we go for the school outreaches, we go with the women. We go with some of the women. So women are able to share their stories of what happened to them. Uh-huh. And they're also able to, to share the, their stories through their work, the, the 50 parts that for the 50 girls they are contributing. So there is this very strong link, like every project that Mantle of Pop is doing is linked together. Mm-hmm. And and I was as I was telling you, uh, it looks like this is a sanitary parts, but this parts is linked to environment. It looks like this is Hope Skilling Center, but this Hope Skilling Center is linked to 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 environment. And so there is that connectivity in all of the things that we do. Yeah, and I I love I love the environmental work that you're doing, and I. I know in our introduction, you shared a bit about how many trees you've planted yourself. And also I know that um, with the Young Green Warriors Club project that uh, you're, you're getting so many others engaged in the tree planting efforts. And can you tell us a bit more about that and, and you know how many trees you guys are planting at this point? Yeah, so our intentions, right now we have planted I can say from the time that I came, I had to go and meet one of the, the, the Green Warriors Club, and then they were able to plant more trees. 5,000 trees so far planted. But also how, we make... How many? 5,000. Yes, but also we, we, we make children, we tell children to make a commitment of planting 10 trees every year. So whether we are there or we are not there, they have to plant trees, 10 trees every year. And and some of these trees, you know, we are so blessed here. We are so blessed here that we still have some of the natural trees that you can just see them and you can just plant them. You don't need to buy them. So that is the blessing that, that we have here. So children have been picking up this very well and very positively, and they want to plant trees. And when they plant trees and trees are growing, they feel so good. They feel so happy, like this is my thing. And we are always telling them that the best time to plant a tree was yesterday. So yesterday, you did not plant a tree, but that was the best time. And because of that, the fair time is today. And also we tell them that they should plant trees not like they're going to use it themselves. They should plant trees for others to use it. Because once the trees are there, it is not for one person. It is for everybody. And it can be for Africa, it can be for the whole world because of those carbon emissions and the like. So that is what we tell them that, you know, this is a global call. And this global call is for a global action. 
So it has been so amazing. Still, we are working with 10, 10 different schools, but also we now there is another children's home that has come on board and they want to participate. And their children's home, they are homeless children, like, like an orphanage, which is so amazing and so beautiful. So with, with the environmental uh, project, we are, we are now going into the recycling. And still, that is what we are telling children, removing the waste from the environment. So we want to improve on how do we completely remove the waste from the environment. So we are going to, we, like the, the shoe making department here, we are going to make shoes using the, the, the plastic, you know, the polythene papers, those plastic bags, and also maybe plastic bottles. And then we are doing construction. That is what I did not share with you. We are, we, we are starting a construction using the plastic bottles. And we want to train also the community that, look, you can use their materials here. You know, their materials, and you can use it for the construction purposes. And is that I'm familiar? I'm familiar with like Earthship technology, and even right here on our farm at Elk Run Farm, a small uh, cob uh, earth uh, hut was made for the ducks, and a bunch of bottles were incorporated into the structure for that. Is it a similar strategy that you're using? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, so using the plastic bottles for the construction. And you know, it takes a lot of bottles. So if, if you, you must construct, it takes a lot of bottles. So that is how big somebody can contribute to environment. And that is how somebody can leave, you know, the footprint on the environment. So if, if community would buy this, then it would be really, really good. Because everybody would contribute to the cleaning up of the environment. Mm, wonderful. And the earth and the earth will eventually breathe. <laughs> <laughs> That's the earth, perfect. The earth would breathe, which is which is very hard right now because several tons and tons of plastic is being produced every day. And when people try to recycle plastic, especially the factories, they recycle and bring it back as plastic. And so they are not solving the problem these plastics needs to be, you know, gotten away from 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 the earth, and you know, packed somewhere. <laughs> but when you recycle plastic and you bring back plastic, it becomes like a circle of really not solving any problem. Sure. Yeah. When we when we incorporate it into buildings, it's more of a an inert and uh, less uh, volatile or reactive way for it to be right, so that those toxins are not released into the environment into the water as easily mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, absolutely yeah absolutely well, and, and it seems the problem of environment is everywhere yeah it is global problem it is such a big problem yeah yeah requiring action in all of our communities right yeah and and like for example in uganda here we don't have the proper waste management People just dump plastic anywhere. On the road, anywhere, people don't don't mind, <laughs> which is so bad. It needs the change of mindset. Yeah, yeah. 
Wow. And, and with the Young Green Warriors Club in the materials you sent to me, um, which I, I believe we might be able to include in the show notes um, when we publish the podcast, your goal by the year 2040 is to plant at least 10 million trees. And, and that is so beautiful and impressive. And, and it, it, it seems I'm just doing some quick math in my head. It seems very attainable given the network of people that you're connected to and collaborating with and and the way you're inspiring people to make that annual commitment it seems that that has there's a certain viral aspect to this and also a certain geometric growth aspect and and that you you very realistically can attain those numbers in what would be what another 16 17 years something like that yeah, so we don't want to, we want, yes, that the children have the families that they belong to. So we want to utilize that as well. We want to tell the older people, you know, adults, that they have to, they have to take the action themselves as well. That's why I was telling you, we want to use schools, we want to, we want to actually even incorporate other people to come in and to join in this campaign and there is there is something that we are going to it is still just in plan we want to write a bit of activity kind of book which is for children but which prompt them which prompt them to follow up the commitment i love it that is so fabulous so i we we uh we created a small book publishing company a few years back, one of our social enterprises, um, similar to how our Waylay Water Soaking Salt is another social enterprise. And so, yeah, I'd lo- I love hearing about books as a way to get more information and inspiration out to m- even more people. And uh, yeah, I really look forward to seeing what you guys create. That sounds amazing. Yeah, we, we, we already have the, the skeleton of it, <laughs> of the really? book. Yeah, yeah, we we already have it is environmental book uh, which is which prompts children to 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 really uh, plant trees. But also they do a bit of journaling in that book, telling what they have done today for environment, what contribution they have made today. And at the end of the year, they should look back in the book and see, okay, I was able to do this on this month. So we have a bit of skeleton already <laughs> on the book and we, we are happy to share maybe in the coming, you know, coming weeks. Maybe this is, yeah, maybe this is something we can uh, collaborate around and help get this book out to many other communities. I love this idea. It is those child friendly. It is so much childlike because we work with young people. So, but, I, I we would I would be la- happy to to share at the at yeah. the coming weeks and you see what what we can put in place. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. So I Sarah, I I want to ask you to share with us about the uh, sex trafficking. I know this can be really difficult for some of our audience to hear about, but I think it's really important that we develop more awareness uh, regarding what's going on in our world and how people, especially young girls and women are being so uh, devastatingly impacted by this. Can you, can you explain to us 
this this cycle and and how uh women and girls are are forced into this uh sex trafficking um situation yeah so um this project i, I don't know whether i re I, I don't recall uh sharing with you how it all started but it all started by my cousin who was who was taken to um to jordan and she was to work uh, in some family. And in that family, it was a family of five, uh, three, three boys, which were the children uh, and uh, the father and the mother. But when she reached there, of course, here, people are so much unemployed. So people tend to go abroad to look for greener pastures, to look for what to do, uh, to look for work and to better themselves. And we have those kind of companies that give them a lot of promises. You know, you're, you're going to the, the Asian world, you're going to this place and you're going to get a lot of money. And of course it sounds so sweet, but that is not what always they get. So my cousin, also upon hearing that, she was taken to Jordan. And when she went to Jordan, she was to be a house, house help in this family of five people. And this family started abusing her sexually. And what happened usually they, they confiscate their, their visa, their, their passport. So you reach there, they, they take away your passport. There is no way you can come back home. So my cousin was unfortunately that, that particular person. She couldn't come back home. But every day, every night, she was being sexually abused in the house. Abused by the, the, the father, abused by the, the children. Those were the boys. The boys were in their, their 20s. So abused by the boys and also abused by the father and the mother. So like everybody in the family abused her. She could not, she got sick, some kind of infections. She tried I remember she would send us a message that I, I, I don't have my passport. I'm not well, I need to come back home. And she couldn't because the other people would not. And whenever they would get her, like she has communicated back home, it would be like a kind of a punishment to her. So my cousin died in that circumstance. And unfortunately, even her body did not get back home. So it was from there that I, I started supporting girls who are normally like survivors, who survive and come back home. Because even when they come back home, they are in a bad shape. So most of these sexual abuses and sex trafficking, it usually happens in the house where they're working from. And most of the, the women I work with here, they have gone through challenges those kind of challenges some of them i have i have some of them who have ever gone to you know this particular lady was taken to china and then she was promised that she was going to be translating she was going to learn the chinese language and then she would translate the language to the traders who come from uganda but when she reached there they confiscated all her travel documents and then she got so many men who had signed for her to have sex with her. And she said they were 
like a hundred plus men. And he asked these people, but because you don't have the travel document, you cannot make it back home. So that is the unfortunate bit, what is happening in the world of today. I'm so sorry, Sarah, to hear about your cousin and, and how so many of these other women are experiencing this. And I appreciate your willingness to share the story so that more and more of us can become aware of what's going on in the world. Thank you. It, it's, it's really sad that I think because of the pressure of unemployment, it drives people to the age and then they end up with, with bad people and then just life becomes hard for them. A lot of women, a lot of young women and also young, young men, when they come back from those such countries, they are either committing suicide. You know, they see life like life is not worth living. And that is what we try to provide women who come in the Hope Skilling Center here. That life has given you a second chance. And because of this second chance, you have to be more grateful, take it easy, and rebuild your life and move again and live again. I imagine the way that you provide opportunities for these survivors to work in service to other girls and women and community members. I imagine that's part of the healing process. I imagine that's a very potent uh, point of connection in, in feeling a renewed sense of, of purpose and yeah. of, I don't know, there's something about the ability to do good in the world. Yeah. I think it, it, it makes them see a lot of sense to live again and to live a purposeful life. And they're, they're, they're always, you know, when they just join the program, the skilling here, the, the Hope House, they, they find it so hard to have to talk about whatever they went through. But as process go on, you get them really easily sharing out, and which is a sign of healing. And also us involving them in the project that we do with Missouri girls, it makes them, you know, to open up and say, ah, if I can be and I be, you know, this important to these 50 girls, then I'm really, I have a purpose, you know? So you, you see them like, you know, starting to glow and starting to be, you know, grateful for the life that life has given us this. Wow. It's so beautiful and so powerful. So I know that um, in addition to the materials we can provide in the show notes for the podcast, uh, people can also go to mantleofhopem.org to learn more about the work that you're doing and also to support the efforts through donations. And I understand that there are some complications um, receiving international donations in Uganda. And so maybe you can explain that to us a little bit. And one of the things we're uh, happily offering through the Why on Earth community is that if people want to make donations 
um, and, and it's an easier way to do it. They can simply make a donation to the Why on Earth community and indicate in the donation that it's for uh, Mantle of Hope and for uh, the work that, Sarah, you're doing. And then we can get that over to you through a bank transfer or whatever is needed. Um, so can you just explain why, why is it harder to make donations to you in Uganda than it is for some of us in the you know, in the, in the more, more developed countries where we're used to, oh, it's very easy to transfer money with, you know, Venmo or this app or that app. There's so many different ways we can do that. Like it's no big deal. And so right now uh, we don't have the PayPal uh, for organization here in Uganda, which I feel it would have been very easier for somebody without, you know, stressing out and going through a lot of process. Yes, when you visit mantleofhope.org, we have accounts, detail, everything, but it will be a very long process. So that's why um, anybody who would wish to support our project or support the work that we do can actually go to Why on Earth, and which would be a little, uh, which would be easier because I know Why on Earth would easily then transfer the money through the bank system or that long process. Yeah. Yeah. And we're happy to help in that way. And so let me um, just mention that um, if you'd like to support uh, Mantle of Hope, you can go to whyonearth.org, click on the donate button. And when you make the donation in the notes, just indicate that you'd like this to go to Mantle of Hope and, and we'll uh, do that for you. Um, I'd like to take this opportunity also to remind our audience, this is the Why on Earth community podcast. And I'm your host, Aaron William Perry, and today we're visiting with Sarah Arau, whom I first met at the Luciel Foundation Symposium in Barcelona um, in uh, roughly October of 2023. And we did the initial uh, introductory recording there, of course, as you know, listening and, and watching this episode and are now uh, doing the rest of our interview via Zoom. Um, which is such a joy. And I, I want to be sure to thank our many partners and sponsors who make our podcast series possible. This includes Chelsea Green Publishing. And uh, if you go to our par partner and sponsor page on the website, you'll see uh, many different companies and organizations we're collaborating with, and many of them are offering special discounts on their products and services. In the case of Chelsea Green, they're offering a 35% discount on their books and audiobooks uh, with the code YOE35. So you can go um, straight to them or go to our website and go through that page to get to them. Uh, also is Purium Organic Superfoods. I've got my, uh, my Superfoods green shake right yeah. here. Absolutely delicious. They also offer a very uh, generous discount on your first order. Um, Waylay Water Soaking Salts, Profitable Purpose Consulting, Helping Companies Get Bee Certified, Earth Hero Sustainable Products, Soil Works Biodynamic Garden Preparation, Earth Coast Productions, and of course, our ambassadors. And we have a growing uh, global network of ambassadors, many of whom make a monthly donation to the why on earth community and you can join our ambassador network and you can also yeah. make a monthly donation irrespective of joining the network and if you'd like to make that donation you go to why click on the donate button and set up the 
monthly amount that works best for you. If you'd like to give $33 or greater in the United States, we'll happily send you a jar of the hemp infused uh, aromatherapy soaking salts from Waylay Water so that you can enjoy that for your own health and wellness practices. Um, at $33, it's one jar. At $77, it's three jars. At $133 a month, we'll send you five jars. So a great way to support your own health and wellness practices, support the farms we're working with, and also the organizations that are benefiting from the work that we're doing through the Why on Earth community. And of course, uh, Sarah, just such a joy to have this opportunity to connect with you. Again, people can go to mantleofhopem.org and or connect via email info at mantleofhopem.org. I wanted to ask too, are, you, are there any social media channels that you're active on that people can connect um, with you through? Yeah, we, we have a Facebook account. I don't know where we are. And then um, we have also the LinkedIn. Um, we have the LinkedIn. Um, our Instagram has not been so, <laughs> so busy. Um, yeah. So Facebook and LinkedIn are, are the best, it sounds like. And, and what we'll do is we can include the uh, specific uh, handles in the show notes so people can connect with you that way as yeah. well if they'd like to sure so you know sarah i want to i want to ask also we i i'm so grateful we had the opportunity um through the laciel foundation of course our friends at the laciel foundation are are doing so much beautiful work with community leaders and change makers yeah. from all around the world and uh, you and I are both part of this year-long holistic visions training process. And we're in yeah. two different uh, small groups, small cohorts. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was wondering yeah. if you could tell us a bit about what your group is, is doing and what your experience has been with the LaCiel Foundation's holistic training uh, program. Yeah, so um, uh, uh, my group is group three which is families and, and communities. And we have so kept together, Aaron. We, we, to date, we still attend like 10 people. <laughs> so, and we are, we are so much connected. And uh, when we went to the symposium, we were seven people, which was, which was really great. So what we are doing right now is um, book chapter. That is what we are doing. We are writing the book chapter right now. Yeah. It has been such a very wonderful uh, experience for me, in particular, even to be in the group. Um, and, and, and also, I, I've, I've been feeling a lot of positive energy, even in our group. But also with the LCL, when I went um, to the Barcelona, it was like we were this one big family. Like people have met, <laughs> like we have met before, which was not true, but everybody was like, we were all like this one big family. The energy was so strong, you know, people were so respectful, people were so loving, and the entire LCL um, journey has been amazing. You know, to me, it is like one of a lifetime, really. <laughs> so I'm really forever grateful. And I met amazing people, amazing, amazing, including you, Aaron. You know, everybody was such amazing. 
and even what we learned out the sketching you know with bruce everything was was so much amazing and above all the respect for nature the respect for the environment was so evident that really the world the good few good people with good intentions they're working towards restoring the, the world and the earth which was amazing thing absolutely yes yeah, such a joy and i i echo the feeling of deep gratitude that uh, i have for being a part of the lucille foundation community and there are there are each year 12 groups of 12 people um 144 working across a variety of disciplines and collaborating within the small group context and then also in yeah. the larger group that that includes as well um alum from previous years so there's this yeah. growing global network and uh it's such a joy and of course uh at the symposium we had bruce mao who with his wife bc is are, are is doing so much work including with the united nations for their uh, conference of the parties, the 2023 global uh, climate change gathering. And so there, there really is a lot of connectivity and opportunity for, for deepening impact worldwide with the great work that's being done by so many community leaders and change makers coming together. And I would encourage our audience to check out the Lucielle Foundation. Um, I think it's lucielfoundation.org. We'll be sure to include the proper link in the show notes. And if you're interested in joining the 2024 cycle, um, I encourage you to do so. I know it probably will fill up quickly. So um, would encourage many in our audience to take advantage of that, of that opportunity. And of course, a huge shout out to Sophie and Olivier, the co-founders of Luciel. Um, we're planning to record a podcast with them relatively soon. And so um, wh whichever publishes first will reference the other in the show notes, Sarah. And um, based on production schedule, I imagine our podcast together, yours and mine, will will publish first. Um, so, yeah, it, it's such a, a joy to connect with you. And, and really, I'm thrilled not only to have this opportunity, Sarah, to record this podcast with you and help to share your story, your work, your impact uh, with so many more people around the world. Uh, and again, please uh, consider supporting uh, Mantle of Hope, but also the opportunity we have to collaborate going forward indefinitely. And so excited that, that we're connecting through the ambassador program and other programs we've got with the Why on Earth community, Sarah, so that we can stay connected and yeah. continue collaborating in different ways. Yeah, I'm so I'm so grateful, Aaron. So so grateful even to the listener, to the people who always follow the podcast, the sponsors. This is amazing, and really, this 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 amazing work does not stop here. It helps at least a girl child. It helps at least any woman, and it helps a boy child, you know, as well. So I'm really forever grateful and for this, this great opportunity, really. And as uh, Aaron, this is like our first time actually being interviewed in the work that we do, you know, and we are so much grateful. Well, it's a, a real pleasure and honor to be able to help share your story. And of course, Sarah, we will 
after concluding our main podcast interview, we will have a shorter behind the scenes segment that gets shared with our ambassador network that doesn't get published publicly. And so for our audience, if you haven't joined our ambassador network and you'd like to uh, just go to the website and, and uh, click on the become an ambassador page and that will start the journey for you. And uh, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to asking you um, some of your observations uh, uh, traveling to Spain um, in the in the uh, behind the scenes segment. So we'll we'll save that as a little teaser for folks. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Sarah, thank you so much for for being a guest on our podcast. And uh, before we close, I just I want to open the floor to you. If there's anything else you'd like to share with our audience, please, my friend, the floor is yours. Yes. Just I want to say thank you so much, audience, for following the podcast. And also, please go on and look at the work that we do at Mantle of Hope Ministries. Get yourself involved, you know, and yeah. So, but forever, I'm grateful. Wonderful. Thank and, you, And for any, for any donations, please, it can pass via Why on Earth because of those technicalities. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. The Why on Earth Community Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series is hosted by Aaron William Perry, author, thought leader, and executive consultant. The podcast and video recordings are made possible by the generous support of people like you. To sign up as a daily, weekly, or monthly supporter, please visit whyonearth.org backslash support. Support packages start at just $1 per month. The podcast series is also sponsored by several corporate and organization sponsors. You can get discounts on their products and services using the code whyonearth, all one word with a Y. These sponsors are listed on the whyonearth.org backslash support page. If you found this particular podcast episode especially insightful, informative, or inspiring, please pass it on and share it with a friend whom you think will also enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. And thank you for being a part of the Why on Earth community.